Welcome to today's Community Cast. My name is Matt Morgan. I'm the pastor at Community Brookside, a new church plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are so blessed by your presence, and we hope that today's content will bring you joy. All right, so I have a long scripture I want to read to you this morning, and it comes from the Psalms. Do you guys know much about the Psalms? That's what I expected. All right. So the, the great thing about the Psalms is that they are books that just speak about how incredibly good God is. They're, they're literally cries of the heart from people like David and Solomon, people who love the Lord and um, sometimes struggle with life. You ever felt like that before? Friends, the Psalms, I think, is a book that represents humanity very, very well. When we have an opportunity to call out to God, if you ever feel lost or hurt or broken, Go to the Psalms because it, it, it's one of the books that I think really reminds us that God is for us. So this morning we're going to be reading from Psalm 40, sorry, Psalm 145. We're going to read the whole thing. And I want you guys to just hear the words of King David today. And this comes from Psalm 145. You can follow along on the screen. If you've got a Bible, I invite you to pull it out and uh, make notes, highlight, underline, whatever you need to do. Here's what the word of the Lord says for us today. It says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of all your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of your glory, of your kingdom, and they speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. And faithful in all he does, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears the cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So as you read this scripture, I don't know about you guys, but one of the things that came to my mind was a cheerleader. You all know what a cheerleader is, right? We've all seen them at football games and basketball games. We know what cheerleaders are. They're the people who stand at the edge of the court or in the middle of the field around the stadium who dance and chant support for their team. Cheerleaders wear the team colors. They wear the the little scrunchies in their hair. They've got the pom-poms. Cheerleaders are fully bought in to a school, to their team, to their mascot. They fill the whole stadium with excitement and joy. How many of you in here were cheerleaders when you were younger? Anybody? One, two, three, four, man. Wait, five? Yeah, five. 
What do you think the point of a cheerleader is? Spirit. Spirit. Support. Support. What else? Filling the silence. Filling, okay, that's true, yeah. There's just as much silence in football games sometimes. Wait, that's not true. No, the church is definitely more silent. To get people excited, right? To rile them up. A cheerleader is somebody who is supposed to psych you up, right? They're supposed to get you in the zone. A cheerleader gets the team ready to compete. A cheerleader also gets people in the crowd excited. Excitement is contagious, isn't it? You ever been excited about something, like really excited about something, and you're like, you can't stand still, you're just dancing around, you're so excited to talk about it, right? <laughs> okay, the dance is just mine. But <laughs> there are so many things in lives that, that we get excited about, like new cars, new jobs, we get excited about sports teams, we get excited about things like new software that comes out or coupons. It's weird the things we find ourselves getting excited about, right? Some of us get excited about gardening, watching literal grass grow. Like, what are we doing? But when we get excited, we can become cheerleaders for those things too, right? Some of you are baseball fans. I don't know why, but you are. <laughs> Jeff. He's the one. He's the one. <clears throat> so some of you guys are baseball fans, and good for you, I guess, um, but I have never seen more posts, more support for the Texas Rangers than I've ever seen in my whole life over the last two weeks, right? Over the last couple of weeks, we know that we now have a new World Series champions. Apparently, there's something special about the Texas Rangers. I don't know what it is. I don't follow the baseballs. But congratulations. Those, okay, that makes sense. So we're fans by um, proximity. That's good. All right. But I have seen people post stuff about the Texas Rangers who I didn't even know were baseball fans, right? Like sometimes when something exciting happens, the cheerleaders just kind of come out of the woodworks and we just start, you know, expressing our loyalty, our undying fervor for a team we have been following for two weeks. It's great. <laughs> I know that a few of you in here are passionate about the foosball, right? Football, right? Sorry, that was the Billy, not Billy Madison, but whatever, the water boy coming out. Um, how many of you guys like the NFL teams? Anybody in here like a big fan of NFL? Few, what's your favorite teams? Cow Cow okay, everybody says that. Okay, can't, the Chiefs, the Colts, Colts, Chiefs, Colts, Cowboys, what? Chiefs? Yeah, okay, there it is. There. <laughs> it's funny, like, have you heard recently that the merchandise for Kansas City Chiefs, you can't keep it stocked anywhere because Taylor Swift has brought her fans along? When Taylor Swift gets behind something, she becomes a cheerleader and everybody in the world follows along. And it's not just Taylor Swift. Also, um, I'm a bit of a football nerd. Well, hang on, let me, be, let me be very clear. I used to be a bit of a football nerd. I have changed my priorities in life and really I'm much more of like a 3D printing nerd now. But... <laughs> Um, when I was in high school and when I was younger, I loved the San Francisco 49ers. Anybody else? Whoop, whoop. Okay, yeah, exactly. Everybody that I, when I was growing up talking about football, it was always my friends and I talking about how great the Cowboys were. And I was like, okay, I hate you. Like, you know, competitors for Super Bowl almost every single year in the 90s. It was a good time for the Niners. Recently, it's not been so good. Uh, but 
I got an opportunity to meet Steve Young. And I think I might have mentioned that in here before, but I met Steve Young. You guys know Steve Young, right? Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> I was kind of shocked that anybody said yes. So Steve Young in the late 90s was the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And I met him on a band trip. Yes, good things happen in band. Uh, we went down to Orlando and we spent some time uh, at a contest. And then we also got to go to Disney World. And it just so happened if you are a famous football player, you get to go on very special hikes around the property, guided tours, and you get special access to things. And I happened to be standing nearby when Steve Young and his girlfriend at the time walked by, and I was starstruck. So for those of you who don't know, Steve Young was a three-time Super Bowl champion. He was a Super Bowl MVP for Super Bowl 29. He was a seven-time pro bowler. He was three-time first-team all-pro. I mean, this guy was incredible. And I got to meet him. And by meet him, I was so starstruck that my friend John had to be like, hey, Steve Young, my friend wants to take a photo of you. I didn't get in the picture. I just took a random photo of Steve Young with his mouth full of hot dog. It was weird. But I was a super fan when I was younger, and I used to tell everybody about the Niners. When they did good, I was in a good mood. If they did bad, I was in a bad mood. Now, again, I know that my life has changed, and I since have not really been keeping up with the football, but I heard there was a football game yesterday. Move on. Move on. <laughs> so I know that there are people in this room who love TU, right? We have fans of, of folks from OU and OSU and some other college teams that nobody cares about, but, um, <laughs> but yesterday was a pretty big game. Did it work out like everybody thought it was going to work out? So I think I'm, I, listen, just please no fights in the parking lot after. What? What? Okay. All right. Sorry, Chuck. I love you. We're moving on. Um, so many of you in this room are incredibly passionate about sports, right? Uh, I saw that some of you guys were out prepping for the football game. Some of you guys spent time in front of a smoker, prepping for the meals that you were going to serve, planning the, the bedlam party, because most everybody, honestly, let's be real, most everybody expected the Sooners to win, right? It was an expectation. No? Okay. All right. Just me. All right. Sorry. Based on history. Okay. Yes. But many of us this week are going to be talking about that game for days to come. Humanity seems to be built to really talk about things that we love and we enjoy, things that we're passionate about. Cheerleading almost seems like it's encoded in a bit of our DNA. How often do you tell your friends about a restaurant you love or maybe a good experience you had when buying a car, which few and far between, I, I know. Uh, how many of you, like when something really exciting happens, you are just glad to get on social media and tell the world that something good has happened, right? We often become cheerleaders about everyday things. And sometimes we even get really super excited about things that in the long term don't really even matter. But how often are you a cheerleader in your life for your faith? In today's scripture, in the Psalm of David, we get to see King David, he is madly in love with God. He was a cheerleader for God from the earliest time in his life, and he's a cheerleader for God in the most real sense. The Psalms, he literally wrote more than half of the 150 Psalms that we have in our Bible. He uses words like exalt God and praise God's name and extol his name forever. 
Let every creature praise God's name. When was the last time you talked like that about your faith? Scripture tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. Now, even though David had some pretty major faults, as we've discussed, he was considered uh, Israel's idyllic king. He conquered many of the tribes that were still occupying the promised land that God had promised to Abraham. And he brought back the Ark of the Covenant and the Ten Commandments that were in the hands of the Philistines. He became king after defeating the giant Goliath, and he accredited his whole success to God. He loved God from the time that he was a boy, and he made sure that every person knew it. Whether or not you consider David as special as some people do, or you don't, one thing in Scripture is very, very clear, that David was a cheerleader for God. He's credited with writing over half the Psalms. One of the most famous Psalms I'm sure you guys have heard, it's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. You know this. David, although he was a flawed man who often found himself letting God down, he was always quick to give God praise. And his flaws were pretty huge. We've talked about it. At one point in David's life, he had to run for his life from his own son who was seeking to kill him and take the throne. And even in the midst of his heartache and his trouble, he still loved God and cried out to God in the moments where life was tough. Do you cry out to God when life gets tough? Do you spend time in prayer when life is tough? Or do you just get on the internet and gripe about it? David was one of the best cheerleaders for God, and I think his life can be an example for our own. But it's also clear that David is not the only cheerleader in Scripture. He's not the only person that is excited about his faith. There are many people in Scripture that we might consider cheerleaders for their faith, but my favorite biblical cheerleader, I have to say, is the Apostle Paul. Paul, just like David, loved God with his whole heart, but he also was a flawed person. We know the story of Paul from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. I want you to follow along. It says, Meanwhile, Saul, was his name at the time, was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, which was what they called Christianity in the early days, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anything or anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. They led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Friends, this is the story of Paul's conversion. Paul was a Pharisee. He was a Jew. He was a Roman citizen, but was following the, the, the temple mentality his whole life. He was so adamant that the way was wrong. He was trying to get Christians together, bring them back to Jerusalem so that they could be persecuted and sometimes even put to death. They were blasphemous. Jesus isn't God. God is God, right? 
And in this moment, on his way to round up more Christians to take them to prison, he has an encounter with the risen Christ. And it changes everything about who he was from that moment until the day that he died. Friends, Paul became Christians, sorry, Christianity's first missionary. He was responsible for f- spreading the word of Christ outside of Israel into Damascus and um, you know, all areas around Rome. He, God, he just didn't stop talking about God ever. He talked about God even in the midst of his heartache and his shame. 2 Corinthians 11, 23-32 says this, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of Damascus, sorry, the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. That's just a small portion of the things that Paul did in order to tell the world about Jesus. What lengths have you gone to to tell anybody about Jesus? The Apostle Paul uses similar language to King David when he talks about the unfathomable riches of Christ. And we can find that in Ephesians 3.8. Or also, we can find it in Romans 11, 33 through 36. Here's what he says. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That meeting with Jesus on the road to Damascus changed his life from that moment on until the day that he was put to death. He was a martyr for our faith. He never stopped telling the world about how good God was and who Jesus was. In my opinion, Paul and David were two of God's greatest cheerleaders. They were two of the greatest evangelists of all time. The Psalms of David and the stories of Paul's conversion should remind us that All of us are asked by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize people in the name of Christ Jesus, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them everything that Christ taught them. Obey the commandments of Jesus, and Jesus promises that he is with them surely until the end of the age. 
that call of Christ is ours. We are supposed to be the disciples of Jesus, the cheerleaders for the gospel of Christ, to tell the whole world about how good our God is and how much he loves us. If we are excited about what God has done and is doing in our lives, if we know that Jesus loves us and saves us, then that should be the most exciting news for the whole world. This should be the news that we're most willing to share about how God saves us from ourselves, how we're no longer trapped in our sin, that we have new life, that God's building a kingdom here on earth that looks like heaven, and we get to be a part of that. That should be the best news of all time, and we sometimes feel awkward or uncomfortable sharing it, don't we? Although restaurants are delicious, they don't heal the sick or bind up the brokenhearted. Although football teams are great, they don't save us from our sins. So if this news is so good, if we believe that God is so good, why is it that we keep this news to ourselves? Why are we stingy with the good news of the gospel of Jesus? Church, we have the best news that all of human history could benefit from and we've got to put the word out. Friends, I want to remind you, it's not somebody else's responsibility to tell the world about Jesus. It's yours. It's all of ours. We should be way more excited about our faith than we are about going to Torchy's Tacos after lunch, or after church, sorry. We should be a better cheerleader about God than we are about a football game or a hairdresser or a new car. Friends, I want to remind you that the challenge of Christ to go and make disciples, it wasn't just a suggestion. We have to tell the world about Jesus. It's our responsibility. We have to be cheerleaders for God because he asks us to be. So I want to challenge you this week to just tell one person about your faith. Just one. Tell one person about the church that you go to. Tell one person about your journey from sinner to saved. Tell one person about the difference that Christ makes in your lives. Just one. And then next week, do it all over again to a different person. Friends, it's time for us to once again be cheerleaders for our faith. Let us learn from the example of Paul and from King David and let us be unashamed to speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Community Cast. We hope that you were blessed by today's conversation. If you'd like to know more about Community Brookside, please feel free to visit us at our website, communitybrookside.com, or find us on your favorite social media outlet. We hope to hear from you soon. Be blessed.